Ed, thank you so much for joining me, man. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Maybe the best place to start. Tell us a little bit more about like your story, your journey, and you know how you got to to where you are today. I'll do that the the abridged version, and hopefully it'll it won't be too long. So a lot of people know me. Uh, I initially got into, I guess, the internet writing marketing space. I wasn't really initially trying to be there, but it has provided me with a lot of powerful lessons because what I've always wanted to do is write and then just write what I want to write, which is why I'm, I'm one of the few proponents of a blog. I'm like, you need a blog, you need your, you need a website. I write and I love writing. And in my writing, I try to take everything I've learned through professional boxing, growing up in the projects, uh, getting over alcoholism, going back to school for my degree uh, in physics, all of these things, I, marketing, chess. I try to take all of this stuff and, and produce content around it. To me, it's I'm, I'm in a fortunate position being a, a true millennial in that I was born in a time where we weren't trying to build a life that people would look at and be like influence, influence, influence. So I went and so I have a mindset of like actually developing skills that have nothing to do with my popularity online. And then the Internet came along and turns out uh, there's there's a big gap for people who have real life experience and do real challenging things. You know, I'm not sitting around talking about discipline and productivity. I, I was a professional fighter and and I'm a high level chess player now. I'm not sitting around talking about learning and optimization. I have a physics degree and, and speak another language, hopefully too soon, but like two other languages. But uh, I, I try to always get the hard experiences to build, a, to really have a solid foundation for anything I say. Yeah, man, I love that. And, you know, there's one thing that I kind of talk about a lot because, you know, obviously boxing and golf are kind of very different sports at the same time. They're both quite individual sports and you take a lot of lessons from that into you know business into your other crafts if you will so like wind it back a little bit like tell me more about how that kind of worked for you like when did you start boxing and like how did that kind of shape you uh, or maybe change the trajectory of your life obviously you know growing up in the projects can be difficult did that kind of put your life on a different sort of trajectory well well it did but not in the way that people think you know i didn't understand or realize what boxing was doing for me at the time, but but it's a it's a purifying event because to become good at something like boxing, you have to get rid of a lot of other distractions in your life. And if you try to resist that, your progress will suffer or other parts of your life will suffer. And so I, I learned so much from from boxing. I learned how to be just a better fighter, but a fighter in life go after things. I learned how to relate better to people. I learned, you know, how to care for myself, how to how to lead myself through through boxing. It all comes back, really, a lot of it to that decision to start fighting. And I started fighting at 22 uh, because one of the one of the things I did was I tried to go to college at the regular age at 18 and failed out miserably. And I was, you know, telling everyone that college wasn't worth it and was foolish. And a woman, uh, the the mother of the, the girl I was dating at the time, she she called me out and was like, well, let's say you're right. College is worth this. You know, what have you done with your life in the past four years besides show up and eat my food? And then she threw me out. And in doing that, you know, I went home and cried a little bit, but she was right. I didn't I, I didn't have any sweat equity to my name on this planet. 
And I wanted to, to make sure that if I, you know, my always said, if I die, people have something to say about me other than that, I just, just drank a lot. So uh, I found a, a boxing gym. I wanted to try out boxing and, and I needed something to other than just being a dude that goes to work. So I decided to, to take on fighting and, and I'm, I'm lucky. I mean, I worked hard, but I'm, I'm lucky too. There's, there's two elements of it, luck and, and how hard you work. And yeah, I, I think that it made, uh, it, it just is, it's one of the best things. So you didn't start till you were 22. Is that what I was hearing? Yep. I didn't start till I was 22. Damn, man. That's, and, that's impressive. Well, you know, I'm a heavyweight, so you can, you can, you know, do a lot when you're a heavyweight. You don't have to, you don't have to show up uh, and get the skills, you know, because your body has to mature a little longer. But, but starting, you know, is how late is that? I mean, it's late if everyone else is starting at 14, 15 or younger. But there's a lot of guys in the heavyweight division who didn't start that late. And then I also, or start that early. And I also was fortunate enough. Uh, I ended up with some, with some great teachers and some really great circumstances to to just be around. Uh, you, you know, you, if you're around the good the good teachers, you end up being able to absorb a lot more than anyone else. It's it's awesome stuff. And if you work hard, you can you can close a lot of t- gaps if you work hard. I also ended up getting sponsored. That made a big difference because that gave me two years to just train. I didn't have to work. I just trained. And th- that rarely happens. So I had a lot of stuff that allowed me focus on my my training and get better, you know? Yeah, and not definitely. have to worry about, yeah, I don't have to worry about a job or anything. So, so you know, in, in some ways, yeah, I started late. But in other ways, you know, it um it ended up working out great. It, it worked out really well for me because of that. Yeah, man, that's amazing. Like, I, I totally agree. Like, if you have... Because I have friends that are trying to play professional golf. And some of them, man, like they have to spend most of their time working just to be able to fund their golf and they can't practice and train. Yeah. But there's a handful of guys that get those sponsorships that can just now dedicate all their time to golf, which is obviously a huge advantage. But like, I'm curious, what, what was life like as a professional boxer? Obviously, you know, people might think it's like their, their dream or something. Like, what is it like? Ah, it's miserable. Right. It's, it's, a, it's a hard life. Uh, you know, because you got to you got to remember something about fighting. It's not like most of the other sports. It's not, you're not making a bunch of money. Um, most fighters have jobs. I was fortunate enough to get a, a promoter by my sixth pro fight, so I could make. I, I was able to just fight and not have to have a job. I was still in school at the same time, but it's it's a, it's hard because you you don't. There's a lot of uncertainty you know, and getting fights. Everyone knows they can't fight at the club level forever. Or maybe they don't know that. I mean, I, I found there's a lot of delusion, which which is probably healthy to a degree. But you spend a lot of time devoted to just getting good and being in shape and being strong and and fighting and fighting well. So that's, um, and yeah, you can't do anything else. Because the other guy is probably not doing anything else. So you need to you need a very smart, tight lifestyle and training plan. So I'm having a good, I was really happy I got sober before I, I started fighting uh, professionally, not as an amateur, but professionally, because you, you just don't have that much time. 
you have, especially, you know, there are guys with families and kids. It's it's the worst of the entrepreneurship and nine to five world. Because in the not what's the worst part about the nine to five? Your time doesn't belong to you, but you have security, right? That's the upside. But there's but you don't have the security as a boxer, but your time doesn't belong to you. What's the best part about the entrepreneur world? Well, you have your time, but the worst part is there's no security, right? You have your time and you can scale. Well, you can't scale. Uh, you you're just stuck, <laughs> and but you train and you make it through. I mean, I um, I, I tell guys all the time that if you want to fight from if you're fighting for money, go get a job because this is just the wrong place to be. Uh, if money is even remotely on your top your top reasons for doing this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it sounds like for you, it was more, you're motivated by, I guess, time freedom, right? It was like, well, yeah. And, you know, I wanted to challenge myself. I didn't want to just, you know, it was a big for me to not just be a guy, right? Like I wanted to be more than, you know, I wanted to, I don't know. I don't know what the best word is for it. I wanted to have some substance. Yeah. You want to be average, man. Like, yeah, like right. You don't want to be average. So yeah, so you do things that most people aren't doing. Correct. And my, my biggest and fear. No, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, what you say your biggest fear? No. So my biggest fear when I was in school growing up, I literally had this vision of the future and it scared the shit out of me. Right. And it was this vision of going to a job, having to put a suit and a tie on every day, having to you know spend all this time getting ready in the morning and like, man i was like fuck like it really like it the fear of not knowing what i wanted shaped all my decisions right? i wasn't like yeah i want to be an entrepreneur and i want to do what i do now it was never like that it was always like like i'm moving away from like i was like i, I do not ever want a job and i i made a vow to myself i said i will never ever get a full-time job like a, a corporate job nine to five i, I just made that decision and end up going to college in america <laughs> end up trying to play professional golf in australia didn't work out but then you know, man, crazy things happen when you kind of get clear on what you want. Like I believe in being, you know, kind of rigid on the outcome, but flexible on the approach. I was like, okay, I, I do want to have a business. I want to do this stuff and random opportunities, whether it's, you know, the universe or just pure luck kind of, um, I guess, fell into my lap. And yeah, I was very fortunate and that really helped propel me. But yeah, it was all started from like having wanting yeah. to be average. And, you know, like you wouldn't even be able to see those opportunities for what they were if your mind wasn't aligned and thinking about them that way. Like like everyone, you know, people like to say, oh, it was luck. It was luck. It was luck. Maybe there was a luck element. But here's the other part. You have to spot the opportunity. You know, if your mind's not thinking right, you might see, oh, great. It reminds me of that story about the guy who wanted to sell shoes. And he was like, you know, one, one guy was like, why are you going to that village? They don't wear shoes there. And he's like, that's why I'm going to that village. They don't wear shoes there. It just the, how you see it. If you're scarcity minded, you'll go, oh, there's no demand for my shoes. Uh, but if you're if you're business entrepreneur, you go, there's a great opportunity. And that basic idea, I think, applies to so much. Uh, so much about working for yourself or you know not being average mm -hmm. yeah man sounds like in that situation creating that demand versus you know trying to tap into you know demand that's already there i, I like that um yeah. and you, you mentioned before teachers like your teachers were really important for you like in boxing right like 
now kind of with what you do, like what kind of teachers have you had and how has that kind of helped your growth um, in terms of like the entrepreneurial business side of things? Uh, you know, no, no one's formally sat down and coached here. How coach me? It's it's been a lot of picking things up along the way because because we're not dealing with a zero sum system on this this uh, you know in a zero sum system you, you probably need some coaching, uh, if especially in something like boxing where where mistakes tend to alter the outcome of your life, so you need to have a, a way to deal with that. So on the other end of things, a lot of it has just been picking up and learning from people. That's why it takes so long. I mean, that's why I think it takes so long because there's no there's no blueprint. There's a general idea, general strategy for for we'll say entrepreneurship, but there there's no one way. There's so many ways, and and one of my my weaknesses or one of my struggles for a while was you know trying to figure out the the best approach that I would be able to take that fits for me and my interest because I could listen to everyone they go oh you know go on a drop shipping run a course. Uh, do coaching, you know, like like those are uh, all. When I hear that, it's it's turning entrepreneurship into a job. It's like pick a profession and go with that. It's like no, there, there's there's a different path for every person, and that path is going to depend on so much. It's going to depend on a level of ambition, their natural talents. What do they hate doing and would never want to do? What do they love? Where is their natural like? Um, not necessarily the thing they're good at, but they have the most fun doing. It. Uh, you know, so much stuff factors into it that for me, I've, I've had to just pick up different things from different people because I wanted to see different ways of doing things and what works best for me. And I'm still sorting out what works best for me. Yeah, it's a constant, like, I guess, mission of refinement, right? And I totally agree. There's, you know, everyone will say, oh, this is the way to do it. But really, like what I've found to be true for myself is like, there's, a, there's a, sort of a saying that I live by. It's like, it's not about what works. It's about what works for you, right? And there's a great book, probably the best business book I've ever read. It's called Ready, Fire, Aim by a guy called Michael Masterson, right? Built, like he's like one of the co-owners of Agora, like biggest copywriting company in the world. And anyway, in that book, he talks about like, you know, in your business, the, the first thing you have to find is the optimum selling strategy, Right. And once you found that, like, you know, some people say, oh, cold DMs on Twitter. Some people say cold email. Some say, you know, um, Facebook ads, whatever. It doesn't matter, right? You sort of find which one works for you. And then you've got to go all in on that, right? And so that's kind of the philosophy yeah. that I approach because, yeah, everyone, every marketer sells you on the, their beliefs, right? Oh, Facebook ads are dead. Try cold calling. Oh, sales calls yep. are dead. Try try DM chatbots. And so, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of noise out there, man. There, so- there are there's so much, and what you have to do, and this is like the the world we're in now with AI, is it makes it its way to the masses. No one can give you the answer. You need to be able to think and formulate the question, and then dissect all information and figure out how that will lead you to the correct answer. If you, if you can't do that then you'll just always be shiny object syndrome. And even if you and even if you can, that's not necessarily a guarantee that you won't shiny object, but it becomes a lot more difficult. If for any other reason than you're thinking, let me make this fit to me and find my fit here and how, how best I want to go about this. You know, so like some guys, um, you know, one of the, one of the things I, I crack up about, you know, some guys are like, man, I want to be able to make millions of dollars and and drive Bugattis and and Lambos and and I'm like, 
are you sure you want to? Or are you sure that that's just not what the gurus told you you wanted? You know, uh, one thing I'm, I've always been very clear, man. Like, like I, I've worked the math out on roughly what I need per year to have the kind of life I want. Now that calculus has changed a bit since I just had a kid, but uh, you know, I, I'd probably be like not not stressing on half a million a year. And and that's not a like that's not some sexy baller number. But imagine uh, most people don't realize what it takes one to even make that type of money, and two to make it the way you want to make it, and the way you want to make it, like not just in terms of delivering the pro the uh, the product you want to deliver, but in the pro following the process that you want to follow. That is huge. I mean, the, no, that's a very healthy way to live. You know, it's not. I, I guess for me, it, it would it it feels so base and gross to to focus on just making money. If you but if you focus on your time and and having that and being healthy, being able to do, do nice things with your family, like like work backwards, like okay, I want to be able to do this, this, and then you go. Wait a second, my dream life might only be cost two hundred thousand dollars a year. That's a lot, a lot, and and then and then you know, well, how can I get there? Well, here's what I do, and here's what I don't have, and you know, there's a lot of BS floating around on the internet because nobody, because it's full of a bunch of guys who did it that way, and they think that's the only way because they don't they don't have any real talents or skills. But but that's a different uh different rant. Yeah, no, no, I, I completely agree, man. Like it's actually crazy. Like one of my mentors once had us do this exercise, which was like literally. How much money do you need to live like, like to cover your bills and expenses, right? The bare minimum amount of money. Then how much money do you need to live like comfortably? You know, a couple of vacations a year, have your own car, blah, blah, blah. And you work that number out on all the expenses. Then it's like, okay, imagine that you could have everything you ever wanted, right? Figure out how much that costs. I did mine and it was like six fifty, seven hundred thousand a year. Like, and that was like, I'm talking about like multiple supercars, crazy yeah. mansion, um, so yeah, people think you need to make trillions of dollars to be rich and be happy. Like my my happiness will not change no matter how much money is in my bank, right? Right. Like it will just kind of just make more rich experiences, right? Rich meaning like, you know, we great people when I want, um, you know, like I love to, as much as I love to work, I love to travel, right? And I think if I didn't get to do both, then I'd go insane. So it's finding that like exactly what works for me yep. and then- and going from there. It's, it's a good exercise. Once you know what you want, then you can, then, then you know, one of my favorites saying is get money so you can, you know, realize how unimportant money is. No one, no one's going to ask how much you make. I mean, they might, but like in a conversation with people as you're getting to know them, especially like, and you're not American. So this, this probably resonates even better with you is is no one, it's such a weird conversation basis of, you know, your income or even what you do. Connect, but when you're for, when you get away from that, you're forced to actually become an interesting real person. And you go, oh shit, I don't know uh, what the hell I am or what I do or what I can talk about. Uh, but I, I sure can write some copy, right? You know, everything is, is this stuff. I mean, there's no life experience. That's so important to me. I don't know. Um, maybe, but 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 once again, back to what we were saying. What I'm talking about is what's worked for me. 
you know? Yeah, well, you, you took the time to get clear on that, which is where, from what we're talking about, like where I think a lot of people uh, go wrong, right? They, they see the, the gurus, they say, oh, I want a Lambo, I want a supercar. And like, realistically, that's someone else's wants projected onto them. And they think that they want to know one. Yeah, like most people actually don't know what they want, right? Sometimes I even feel like it. And as well, like even sometimes if I don't remind myself, I almost forget what I want. I'm like, yeah, actually, I yeah. do want like this. But then I'm kind of like, hang on, that's not actually what I want. Um, so it's, yeah, man, it's definitely a, a very interesting dynamic um, for sure. But and t- tell me about the book that's that you're writing. Uh, so the book I'm writing is called Hard Lessons from the Hurt Business. And I'm taking uh, lessons and experiences from boxing and my life and showing how, how those have shaped me into the person I am today. And how you can use those same experiences to to conquer your own issues, uh, particularly those around grit, resilience, anti-fragility, facing difficult situations and, you know, being resourceful, making something out of nothing. I love that, man. I love that. And, you know, if if you could give like, you know, a one sentence piece of advice to someone who, you know, whether they're looking to start a career in boxing or they're looking to you know, become an entrepreneur, what, what would that one sentence piece of advice that you could give them be? Oh, one sentence. The difficulty is something is irrelevant if it's vital to your success. We, people worry too much about how difficult and how hard things are. And I'm like, nah, that's, that, that doesn't matter. You have to, to go and, and do the work. And if you do that, you're going to be in good shape. You know, yeah, man. It, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. And like, it is a good reframe. You have to understand that everything's going to be challenging. It's not going to be put in their lap. And if something's just handed in your lap, it's probably not worth it, right? Like, it's it's actually way more, as you know, in boxing as well. Like, when you actually work hard and earn something, like, there's no better feeling, man. Like, there's there's actually no better feeling. Yeah, it's pretty pretty dope. I'm I have a a, a great time with with everything in life. It's it's uh, but uh, but it's because I earned it. I don't feel like it's going to easily disappear. So it's a good time. Uh, and and I try to I try to work. I mean, I, I try to have a good time, but I, but I try to work. <laughs> That's it, man. And and wh- where can people find you? I'm at edlatimore.com. That is it's a, and I'm the same on all so all platforms. Ed Lattimore is my Twitter. Ed Lattimore is my Instagram. Uh, and my website is edlatimore.com. Awesome, man. Ed, it was a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for joining me for the conversation. And um, yeah, wishing you all the best. Hey, no problem, man. Thank you. And I hope everything works out great for you too. Thank you, brother.